Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. I'm Mike Zenker, and I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Growing in Grace Ministries Canada and Hope Fellowship, your community church, invite you to enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Still Growing in Grace. It's like just after 8 o'clock on Wednesday morning, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, thrilled that you're with us. If you're watching, uh, make a comment, say hello, and tell us where you're watching from. Uh, it's a lot of fun to see who's watching and from where. Um, as this program gets going today, I'll be watching with you as per normal um, to the interview that we pre-record. It's a much easier to pre-record because nobody wants to go live at 8 a.m. with me. I don't understand why, but anyway, too funny. Um, anyway, we got a great conversation today. I think you're going to like uh, this part one of two, uh, a conversation about Sabbath rest. Now, some may say, well, hey, what's that got to do with anything anymore? Well, guess what? There are people folks that are still, I guess, journeying through um, their theology, journeying through how they do church if they still do, uh, and if they do, what's it look like, unlearning some of the system that kind of puts people under rules and bondage. And Sabbath is one of those big ones. In fact, there's a bunch that we've not talked about. Uh, in fact, I'm looking forward to a conversation we're going to have pretty soon, uh, uh, Bob and Richard, and hopefully we'll get, um, um, uh, oh, oh my, my brain is just frozen for a moment. Bill, that's right, um, on, on this one. I won't tell you what it is because um, Bob kind of talked about it, uh, uh, and so did Richard in the last pre, the conversation before we do the recordings. And I thought, okay, there's a topic I don't want to talk about. <laughs> and, and the more they chatted, is like, Okay, fine. We we gotta I, I gotta not be scared of certain topics and I'm still really nervous about it. But anyway, there it is. That's a teaser for uh two weeks from now. Um but today and next week uh, we're gonna deal with a Sabbath rest. Maybe it doesn't mean what you think. I know I grew up believing that, you know, keep the Sabbath, it's holy. You must go to church on the Sabbath, no working on the Sabbath. Except I was a pastor as well. Who else? I, I work. What are you talking about? Anyway, you'll have you'll hear some of that and some of the illogical uh, ways of seeing that <laughs> in the uh, in the conversation. So let's dig in. I think you're going to love this conversation. It is going to be fun um, and it could stretch you. So enjoy part one of two. Here we go. All right, I got Bob Ingle and Richard Murray here uh, with another conversation on growing in grace because we're all still growing in grace. None of us have arrived. Even when we think we've kind of captured an understanding of a topic, oh man, a blindside comes in. There's yet another expansion of our understanding. It's been really fun connecting. And Bob is uh, new in our conversations. He's been on once before and uh, I love his heart. So this is we're going to see where this is going to go. We have a unique topic today, and we don't know what direction it's going to take as per every week. So, Richard, what you got on your heart? Well, uh, I've really been thinking a lot about uh, the Sabbath and what the Sabbath's rest is. And, you know, when we talk about reading the New Testament allegorically, I mean, reading the Bible allegorically, 
I'm not saying that we don't also consider part large parts of it true, factually true. I consider the New Testament, you know, when you look at the New Testament, time and time again, they say, we saw this, we saw this, we beheld him, we touched him, we were with him, we heard him. All right. You don't see all those claims in the Old Testament. The Old Testament told more in the, in the sense of a story, you know, and, uh, and, I, and I'm not even saying that a lot of that didn't happen. Uh, but there's a lot of it that couldn't have happened the way that it did because of what it says about God's character. But we, we, that's another issue. But when, when the New Testament talks about the Sabbath rest, and Hebrews is such an important book because that's where we hear about how uh, everything in the temple represented something in the heavenlies. Mm. Everything, all the temple furniture, all the ceremonies, all of it represented something in the heavenlies. So there's something on the earth that represent that's not the true thing, but that is like the true thing that we're supposed to ex extend up into our heavenly realm, into our thinking and into our understanding. And it's a whole new way of communicating because there's something here that's pointing to something greater. You know, when the Old Testament says, talks about circumcision, that was, they worshiped circumcision. They had to get circumcised. Everything revolved around external circumcision. But then Paul comes along in the New Testament and says, nah, circumcision is nothing, not literal. Can you imagine the poor guy the day before got circumcised hearing that? <laughs> well, you know, and listen, listen, what Paul says is that circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing, but Christ in all. Mm. But the point is, Paul goes on to say, that what's really important is that our hearts are circumcised. Mm. So the whole thing goes from a literal external ceremony to an internal transformation. So, and time and time again, I could, I, yeah, I've got a long list. I got 50 examples of that kind of thing that's going on when some external thing is moved to the internal because God is trying to get us to think in what C.S. Lewis calls similitudes. We think in similitudes, we think that this is like that. This is like that. This is a, a, it's not it, but it's like it in a particular way. And then as we assemble the jigsaw pieces of all these similitudes in the New Testament, man, we get a picture of, of the heavenly realities. So if you get back to the Sabbath rest, you know, uh, some people think Paul wrote it. I personally think Paul wrote it, or at least a Pauline follower. Uh, but it's a, you know, if, if Apollos or somebody else wrote it, who cares? <laughs> I mean, I, I admire whoever wrote it. But when he talks about the, the Lord's rest in the, in the beginning, he talks about us not entering, uh, us not being able to enter into the rest of God. And it says in verse six, therefore, uh, it remains for some to enter it. Those who formerly had good news preached to them failed to enter in because of disobedience. So we know that disobedience keeps us from entering into the rest. But what is the rest? He says, and then in verse seven, he again fixes a certain day. Today, saying through David, after so long a time, just as has been said before, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day after that. There remains, therefore, a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works, as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall through following the same example of disobedience. And then it says, for the logos of God is living, you know, the, the logos and Raymond, they're both living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So here is the bottom line with, with the Sabbath rest. 
It is not a Saturday or Sunday issue. It has nothing to do with Saturday or Sunday issue except as a similitude. And the similitude is that in the Old Testament, they may have, they may have just relaxed on those days and not worried about anything. But for us, the Sabbath rest is a state of being. It, it is a state of internal being where we rest from whose works? Our own. You know, which is, if, in Pauline thought, the whole thing is that we're to avoid self-righteousness. Someone who's in self-righteousness is living by their own works, living by their own efforts. You know, I earn heaven. I do this. I deserve to go to heaven because I'm a good person. Because of my works, I deserve to be good. And that hope, that's on the wrong playing field altogether. That's self-effort works. Yes, it's self-effort, and it exhausts us. It wears us out. It makes us prideful. It makes us ashamed. It does all those things because we think our worth is connected to what we do. All right? Uh, and, and, and then, you know, Paul in Romans 10 talks about the, the, uh, the two types of righteousness, you know, the, the righteousness, which is of God, which, you, you know, and then the righteousness, which is of ourselves. And the righteousness, which is of God, doesn't, doesn't speak this way. The righteousness of God speaks this way. So the whole point of it being, and, and I use this on a video I did the other day for my help. Uh, I have a uh, Rage Against Age page. That rhymes, Rage Against Age page. <laughs> uh, and it, I, the Lord put it on my heart after I lost 70, 70 pounds over the last couple of years and gotten a lot more, uh, gotten a lot more energetic and athletic and, and, and I, you know, uh, all my arthritis and indigestion issues and uh, ankle issues and pain issues. Uh, well, I shouldn't say pain because I still have shoulder pain, but all these other issues have resolved since I've lost this weight. And since I've become more physically active, there was some, some synergy between diet and health and attitude uh, that, that just totally, and, 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 and as I described it, I, I said that two years ago, I was just, you know, after many years of failure and failure in my eating, and I've always exercised a fair amount, but, but you know, I couldn't walk up the stairs. I was so heavy in my 40s. I felt my, my knees were hurting so bad. And, uh, you know, and I had brief successes and up and down fluctuations and things like that. But I was at 253 two years ago and I was just sitting there and I just heard the Lord. And, and I said this on the tape. I said that it wasn't it wasn't like I didn't hear the Lord in the earthquake like Elijah in the cave. I didn't hear him in the storm. I didn't hear him in the rain. I heard him in the breeze. He shot me a breeze and he, he shot me a breeze. and just said, all right, because I finally just said, Lord, I just want to be healthy. I want to be healthy. You know, maybe earlier, an earlier iteration of that would have been, you know, I want to look good. I want to look chiseled. I want to do all of that kind of stuff. But th at this particular time, I said, I just want to be healthy. And in that moment, I think that that somehow interacted with that breeze that he sent me. And I just heard him say, let's do this. All right, let's do it. We're together. Let's do this thing. And ever since then, uh, I started feeling and I'm excited about this I, because now that I've had to go back and think about it, I'm able to put it in a narrative. And, and thinking back on it, I, I realized that I was able to start hearing things as I ate, before I ate, as I exercised, before I exercised, or in the very moment when I, when I would normally say, I don't feel like exercising today, but then I hear something. And I want to call this the prompting presence of God. Mm. All right. You know, if I had to describe the Holy Spirit to me, uh, uh, to what the Holy Spirit is to me, it would be that he is a prompting presence of God. He prompts. He doesn't order. He doesn't command the saith me, you know, type of thing. He prompts you. He prompts you. And you're free to, you're free to cast it aside. But what does that verse I just read say? Do not heart. If, if you hear his voice, if 
you hear his voice. So his voice is in us to hear, but we don't hear it in English. We hear it in prompts. And the prompts, when I began the diet part of it, the prompts that I would hear would be, you know, you don't need to eat that. Uh, yeah, let's look over here. Look at the calories on this thing. I, I, I did this last night. I had two choices between 750 calories with a, with a side dish. That's or, a burger with cheese and bacon. I know it. That was just a side. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was a, a, a mat, garlic mashed potatoes. That was, that was one of them. But then the other one was grilled asparagus, 45 calories. And I, and I sat there and I just heard the prompts. You like grilled asparagus. That's good. So it's just, it prompted me away. And it's not a big deal, but here's the point. Every time we hear the prompting presence in that, in that format, then we build momentum. And I go back two years ago, I started just making little baby decisions for this and not that, that, not this. Hold out for something better. Don't eat, don't eat two portions. You know, just every decision I made, it was like a video game. I, I you know, to where you hit a, you hit a health icon and you get 20 points, you know, health. <laughs> every good choice you make, you build up, you build up energy and health. And, uh, and, and, and I've realized, you know what, if this works for my diet and health, doggone, this same prompting presence needs to be working with me at work. All right. But there's something that I, there's, I haven't hit that same place. I just want to be healthy. And I, I'm now going back to, Hey, I just want to be a good lawyer. I want to be a just man, you know, because I have a, this prompting presence is somehow related to our motive, you know, and he even helps us with our motive, but we get our motive straight. And then we hear those prompts. We start hearing the prompts of God. And that it guys is what I feel the Sabbath rest is when we rest from our own works, from our own striving. And here's what people don't get about the gospel. Jesus said, my yoke is light. I'm not a burden. I'm here to help you. I'm here with you, and it and it's and and it's also a form of fellowship when, when we prompt in these decisions. It's not that command me, Lord. I get that. I I get that some vernacular may may do that, but it says I want to be with you, Lord. I need your help. I need your guidance. I want you to guide me. I want you to and 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 at the same time, He also gets my input because I'll give you an example. He may guide me to take a certain. Uh, I may feel like you know. I, I look at the. Uh, supplements you know and i say you know i may reach out to tomorrow saying the supplements i'm taking now are garbage and, and harmful but you know what because i cared about it i was prompted to take the five or six that i take i don't apologize for it i'm not even saying that the lord endorsed these but i'm saying he prompted me to care and prompted me to use my best efforts to try to understand what they are and then to make my best call on it so he invites our decision making and I, so my whole excitement about this mike and Bob, is that, that I just feel like this is, this is a realm, a practical realm. You know, I think sometimes we sit there in church or, you know, whatever we do, we sit there and we think everything's so formalistic and we, we have high fluting ideas about God in this. But you know what? You know, the God that I want to be with is the God that hits us on this level of diet and exercise, on just the basics, relational stuff, friendships. And I, I feel like I've, I feel like I'm a kid in a, in a toy shop with this, because as I've gone back and I've seen that's what's happened over the last two years, it wasn't so much about my health and diet. That was just the benefit of me yielding a particular part of my life to him. And now I see the other areas in the promised land that, you know, may still have some enemy, enemy occupants on them. And I'm not saying enemy occupants will come back on my diet and exercise, but I don't know. I feel like I've latched onto something and I want to share with people. I want to encourage people to find your own prompting presence with the Lord 
to have your own Elijah in the breeze, you know, just to, and isn't that a good description? Breeze ministry. Wouldn't that be a great title? You know, breeze ministry that you may hear the breezes of God and then catch the wave and, and take it on into shore. Wow. Um, can I ask Bob a quick question in response to all this? Cause I, I know for some listeners, contrast is helpful. So Bob, would you be able to kind of briefly talk about um, some of the, uh, long-held traditional views of Sabbath uh, that are not the Sabbath that Richard's talking about? Because maybe you'll word it in a way that people will say, well, that's what I do believe. And you might trigger something to make people question it. Do you know what I'm asking? Maybe. And, and you can certainly direct me if I don't. Uh, I, I was uh, up at 7.30, grabbed coffee on the way to rehearsal uh, to practice a worship set, which that's a whole other interesting conversation, practicing worship, but uh, uh, at, at, at eight o'clock and be yeah. ready to teach Sunday school at nine uh, uh, so, that, so that we get out at 1030. So we play the worship set. So we get out of church at 1130 and, uh, and, and go somewhere and eat because yeah, you everybody's kind of cost us if you get out early. Well, yeah, and and uh, I, I and and by the way, a little aside, but I I wrote a, a uh, wrote a blog last week called "Your Tip Is Your Testimony." Uh, those are the people that the servers hate to see come in, are the people that pray over food. I was uh, one of the servers. Yeah, John Brown and I were uh, Pastor John Brown, great great brother and friend of mine, and I were in a in a in a barbecue place one evening that we did the seating wasn't what we expected. The young lady that seated us uh, 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 got us seated. The bill came and it was 60 bucks. And uh, I was doing this for the church, by the way. I was taking him out because he was filling in on a Saturday night. And you talk about the breeze, Richard. Uh, the server came to me, brought, brought the bill for 60 bucks, and I handed her my card. And the Lord, the breeze spoke to me and said, Tipper in cash. And, uh, and the only cash I had was the 20. 33%, right? And as I'm laying that down, Pastor John throws a 10 down on the table and says, I'll see your 10 or see your 20 and raise your 10. Wow. And she walked away. And I said, bro, you didn't have to do that. He said, oh, yeah, I did. He said, if we're the children of God, wherever we go, we leave his DNA. Mm. And he's not a cheapskate. Yeah. The traditions that I recall are those. They were busy. It was the Sabbath was far from a day of rest to me because mm. I was committed, right? Uh, and, and like I said, I played lead guitar in a worship team, was a Sunday school superintendent and taught a class. Uh, sometimes, sometimes would be called on to preach afterwards. Uh, uh, but, but, but most often sat, you know, second row on the aisle right there. Amen. Let's get it going. Uh, yeah, listen to that, uh, which exhausted you. I was so happy when they stopped doing Sunday night church because by that time I was completely fried, right? I grew up in, 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 in the Ozarks in, in, the, uh, in the 50s and 60s. Everything was closed on Sunday. It was ungodly to have your business open on Sunday, except the, the restaurant where everybody could go eat lunch mm -hmm. after church. And by the way, that was marginal because the lady that ran the restaurant, who, by the way, it was a great restaurant, but the lady who ran it had had a child out of wedlock, and that was a little bit. So we were really doing her a favor, right? <laughs> um, it's it's an ugly thing. On the other side, the Lord spoke to me some time ago. Again, I'm like you, Richard. I don't hear voices, but I know what I'm spoken to. And uh, book one, chapter one. And on the seventh day, God rested and blessed his work. Guys, if you want your work blessed, you're going to have to rest and let that happen. 
you, 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 you got to step back. I consulted for many years, and, I, I'm, I, and I'm thinking in particular, what the greatest client I ever had, 360 days over a three-year period. One month, I was there 14 days in a row, or 14 days in, in a three-week period. And I said to my project manager, I've been here too, too often this month. And he said, are we not paying you enough? And I said, oh, no, you're paying me fine. But if I'm here all the time, I stop giving that arm's length view that you're paying me for, and I just become part of the woodwork. If we are so immersed in the work, if we are so immersed in the work, we don't have time to rest and bless it. And, and what we want to do, the work we want to do, by the way, is we want work that's blessed. And not, not, we're not seeking a blessing. We want the work to bear to bear the credentials of to 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 deserve mm. they want we want the work to be a blessing not just to be blessed but to be a blessing and in order to do that we have to stand back and let the perspective you mike before we were before we came on you were talking about how fast you go and boy this is just going and that going and so on and so forth man you got to stop where would we be if moses hadn't said well i'm busy with the herd here but I got to turn aside and see what this is. That was Moses' version of smelling the roses, guys. Mm -hmm. And it was Holy Spirit. Well, here's, here's another angle on that, though. Because what I've noticed is that it's a, really about, and this is what Bob is saying, this is, it's really about the fuel you're running on. It's not yes. so much your activity as it is the fuel you're running on. Because I have found that when I'm in rest, I'm more energetic without even thinking about it than I am when I'm in my own works, when I'm doing it self-will. And so it's, it's like the, the curative energies. I, I love that. I've always used that term for God's energies. His curative energies make us more energetic, make us more. This has helped me in exercise so many times because I will hear my, 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 my old man, my flesh man tell me, just go home and rest. Now, listen, when the Lord, there are other times when I do hear the Lord say, look, this isn't a, Listen to your body, go home and rest. That's that, all right? But really, the majority of the times, it's, I've got, I, I'm hearing two voices, and then I, I, I listen for the prompt, and the prompt says, it's better to work out than not to work out, you know, and, uh, you know, just, just it's something is better than nothing, you know, and, and, and it's, he's not even commanding me, he just prompted me to remember things, prompted me to think things, prompted me to, to have a good attitude. And I'll, I'll go make myself, you know, work out that I don't initially want to. But then when I do, I feel like a million bucks. I feel like a million bucks midway through the exercises. And uh, I don't even know if I mentioned, but I lost 70 pounds. I told you I lost weight, but I don't know that I told you how much. I went from 253 to 183. Wow. And, uh, you know, and, and that is a miracle. That is an absolute miracle. And from the prompting presence in that, just to get back to that briefly, um, is – as I built up momentum over the first few months, then it became more of a habit. But the habit was that I would hear for the prompting presence. I, I trained myself, and I don't even know the train's the right word, but I just set my, my face that I want to hear this prompting presence all the time. It's a strength. It's a presence that, that, that guides, but then imparts strength. But it doesn't beat you over the head with a strength. It doesn't say, here, you don't shove it down your throat. But it's like, again, those icons, you pick it up and it adds strength and energy to you in the moment. And, and, and I've realized how oblivious I have been towards that concept in other areas of my life, mm -hmm. even fellowshipping with other Christians. I mean, we, we need to seek this prompting presence. You know, you know, the prayer used to be in the charismatic thing, Lord, 
you know, uh, yeah, let, let me hear your voice, let me, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And that's good. That's good. That's good. That's the same dynamic. But sometimes we have to shed the old terminology for a season or even improve it or just personalize it or paraphrase it. The power of paraphrase. When you're forced to put something into your own words, you know what? It, it actually means more to you because you've actually processed it. You've internalized it and then got it back out your mouth in your own words. And when you're able to do that, there is a power to it. You know, we were talking earlier about you sharing something maybe next week. But, you know, just you sharing what you shared with us before this all started, that was the power of a parable. You got it out, and you it was prophetic. And that's a teaser for next week maybe. Uh, but this is – Or the week what, after. <laughs> this is what – yeah, or the week after. This is what we do. This prompting presence causes us to internalize and then externalize. And uh, I, I'm just – I feel like – when I got baptized in the spirit and I do come from a charismatic background, I'm a deep believer in the baptism. That's the event in my life that changed my life, uh, you know, in a palpable way um, that th th this is like that for me, this, this whole thing. Over, but this has been in an area where, I mean, where do you ever hear this really, you know, from the pulpits, you know, about your diet and your exercise, but it is, but it is so wonderful and it is so blessed and it has been so life transforming for me. And, but yet there are other areas where I can, I can tell you that the prompting presence is not something that I've esteemed the way that I've esteemed it in this area. And, and I really want to transfer this over, you know, to the other areas, the a little leaven, leaven's the whole lot. You know, leaven's sometimes a bad thing, but it's also a good thing because, because, you know, he also said it leavens the whole lump. The kingdom of God is like leaven. It leavens the whole lump. And to have this value, this, this, this seeking of, of the breeze, you know, um, I just think it's it's juicy. I think it's electric. I think it's contagious right now. And I, I'm ready to, to to be contagious with more and to contage others with more. Uh, I would submit to you, Richard, that for those who have ears to hear is a pre-radio and TV suggestion that we turn on the frequency, that we get on the channel. And that's exactly what you're talking about. And, and of course, there are going to be people who are going to say, good grief, now they're talking about channeling. But... <laughs> but <laughs> But so be it. I, I, I'll, I'll channel those guys. We, some of the great music we, we grew up hearing from Paul McCartney was because he kept a tape recorder by his bed. Mm. How many great thoughts. I, I, I keep my phone where I, at, at 24 hours a day where I can reach it because I've got Google Docs on it. I've written, I've written blogs. I've written stuff that I talk about. I've written all kinds of things or, or got in threads in the middle of that when I'm resting. So yeah, I'm I'm asleep and and I and I may wake or I'm 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 in that state of rest and that's when I can really hear. And the reason I can is there's no clamor around me. Jesus was so tuned in that with the crowd pressing around him, here is here's the popular rabbi, and boy, we're all around him, but all the guys and everybody around him, but all of a sudden he said, Somebody touched me. Yes. And 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 I could I can hear Peter say, What are you talking about, Master? I mean Good grief. Everybody's touching you. No, no, no. I felt virtue. I felt virtue come from me. And it Amen. was that. See, see, he was on the frequency and she was on the, they were on the same frequency. Yes. And, and, and when we get there, guys, and we can, by the way, he's broadcasting all the time. The question is whether we're tuned in. That's exactly what you're talking about is getting tuned in. And when we get there, and we do from time to time, everybody here, everybody that probably hears us that's listening to it has, has experienced being there at some time or another. And I want to tell you, it's 24-7, it's, it's 50,000-watt clear channel if we're listening. 
It's, it's there all the time, and it's available to us all the time. And what we saw in Jesus, what we saw in the example of Jesus, what we saw in the, in the example in most cases of the apostles, is they got real tuned in, man. I mean, they honed in. It, it, it was like the radio beacon, and they, that, the, the, the antenna was turned toward it all the time, so they had total confidence that they were always headed to the right destination. Mm-hmm. And what comes from that literally revolutionizes the world. Well, you know, and when you were talking, I, I thought the verse was quickened to me about, man, should I live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, that is the prompting presence. You know, so, so that, that's a health-related passage right there. You know, you, you're not eating by the, it's not the bread that's sustaining you, it's my prompts, it's my, my pulsating prompts throughout the Well, day. even Jesus at, at the well, he said, the guy said, you're not hungry? He said, guys, you don't know the food I eat. Like, <laughs> seriously, he was enjoying the relishing up. spiritual journey. In fact, today, uh, I just had a funeral. That's why I wear tying, or that's why the suit's on, because, oh, funeral, haha. Um, but anyway, um, I was talking with one of these staff at the funeral home, and he, you know, he was saying, uh, I've been doing a lot of them lately. And I said, you know what? These don't drain me. I love doing funerals. These fuel me. It's very different because there are other things that drain me. There are people that drain me, but there are things that fuel me and give me a solical rest. If I can, since we're talking about this, it's like, it's not causing stress. Like maybe that's another word, you know, like, because I'm, I'm on my own small journey of de-stressing and some of the health stuff, which I'll talk to you later about privately um, and then eventually hopefully share. But, you know, I've got my promptings. The breeze has spoken to me, and, but the breeze is being gentle with me. It's not going to be as radical on the front end. I think it's going to be a slow, gentle dragging. <laughs> and it's happening. And I don't want to talk about it right now, but eventually. But today to, to, to say the words, this doesn't drain me. It fuels me reciprocates what you guys just said you know i do well, the rest and, and, and you know you know one aspect of that is because you're very sensitive i would imagine i know you well enough to know when you're going to a funeral you're looking to hear you know you you you, you don't pretend that you have the answers no. all right but you, i think your motive is it, that's an area where your motive is particularly pure and it, it's those areas when we start hearing the prompts you know and it can be anything you know, my, my, mine for my own health wasn't a particularly grand, noble one for the world's well-being, but it was for mine, and it was a way of loving myself, you know, that, that, that I hadn't. And, and, uh, but yours, I mean, you're there in the midst of suffering, and you want to have something, and you want them, and your motive. I, I could see in situations like that, you're at your best. Hmm. You know, that's your A game at funerals, and that's because, but it's just because you're hearing prompts from the Lord yeah. about it what took to say. Time. It's it's been practiced, right? It gets clearer and clearer. And yeah, it's a maturing process. I'm not done, but you're right. And Bob, I know Bob is particularly gifted in music and, and expressive through music. And that's, you know, that's where, and I, I sometimes talk to musicians who are so wonderful in their songs. And but I'm not saying this about Bob at all, because every time I talk to Bob, I've been blessed. But, but when you talk to him, like just normal, you don't have that same connection with him. And, and I'm, not saying, I'm not saying you can't, but I'm just saying, well, maybe in this area, this area is where they're hearing the props. It's like a, a, band's, uh, a person's gift makes a way for them, you know, and the gift is, is just wherever your motive is, is right, you know, and pure and simple and humble, you know, and, uh, and not, we're not looking for some sort of advantage over somebody else or gain or, or prestige or, you know, exaltation. When we're not looking for any of that stuff, 
then we're in a good place to receive. And that's why he's with the lowly, you know, with the meek. That's how the meek inherit the earth, because it's the meek who hear the promptings. You know, I could say two years ago, I was meek. And I bet you're meek when you're getting ready for a funeral. But yeah, you're meek with the Lord, you know, and, and, and then, you know, so I don't know. It, it's just uh, I, I, I think the, the prism of it is when you see the light from a certain angle. It, but then that prism keeps turning, you know, and you want to, I mean, Bill's real big. He, Bill used a word I've never heard before, and I steal it now. I use it all the time. <laughs> Prismatic, uh, which is a very good <laughs> word, just, just about light being diffusing from looking at things from different angles and, and things like that. So, but I will say this, when you find an angle that you, you have had a touch point and a beachhead with the Lord, then that's Sabbath. That's the Sabbath rest. And you've entered into the Sabbath rest at that point. The key is to is to enlarge the beachhead and bring you know enter the Sabbath at work. That's my next target is work for me. Mm. Um, my work's never been busier, never been harder and challenging right now. But I, I've realized I've, I've it, it, my motive has not. I don't, I don't even know that I've got a motive. I don't even know my motive. I haven't been even trying to purify my motive and be humble about it. So I'm applying in just the last two truths, and I've only had these truths understood for me in the last two weeks. I feel like I've had the last two weeks, I've understood things in retrospect. I, I knew them, but I couldn't put them into words. And that's why I said earlier about you being able to voice. It's important that we voice our journey when it comes out of us, when we have a, a good connection with the Lord on something. And uh, because when, when we voice it out, then that, then that I think gets us ready for the next step, you know, the next growth first. So we began our conversation talking about Sabbath. And what I was trying to compare to was the churchy, if I can use that word without making it sound judgmental. I'm, I'm not trying to do us versus them, but there's a traditional way of seeing the Sabbath as Sunday is the day of rest, Saturday for Jews. Therefore, we must not work. There are so many rules churches have, yet they make all the staff in the church work like crazy or go out to eat to places, make other people work if they only thought about that. But that's not the rest. Jesus is the eternal rest in us and learn to live from that. I know at Hope Fellowship, where I pastor a small church, I don't want people to necessarily listen to me. And I tell them, I said, don't trust everything I say. Go check it out. Listen for what the Holy Spirit says, because if we can teach people to listen to the voice, the breeze, that is the goal. Not Amen. listen to one person. So I, I just want to make sure we draw the comparison that Sabbath, if you see it as a Sunday, day of rest, that's a, a, a very sad misrepresentation of what Sabbath really is. Yeah, and I, and I give you an example. Here, here's an example. In the Old Testament, you know, if you violated the Sabbath, they'd stone you. Yeah. You know, Moses, some poor guy picked up sticks one time, and this, it's almost funny. I don't really believe it happened this way, but that's another story for another time. But the guy picked up sticks, and um, uh, Moses supposedly prayed to the Lord, said, well, Lord, you picked up sticks. What should we do? And the Lord said, stoning. And uh, sure. And, and, and then he said, are you, Lord, are you sure? He said, yes, surely stoning. Well, whoever Moses was listening to that way, it wasn't Jesus. Not, not on a literal level, okay, of, of how that went. But doesn't it show you the whole thing about works righteousness? And maybe Bob can kind of comment here on this. But when our works righteousness, when we're in our own works, it's fear driven. It is fear and it is insecurity driven and threat driven. Do these works or else you're not a good person. Do this or else. There's that or else mentality. So so you pick up, you know, so if you violate the Sabbath, literally, if you violate it, uh, then you've got to be under under threat of death. 
And how horrible is that? You know, they, they wanted Jesus' disciples violated the Sabbath and they wanted to stone him. And Jesus said, uh-uh, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. <laughs> and, 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 and then he said the Sabbath was made for, for man, not man for the Sabbath. I mean, you talk about doing an attitude adjustment, you know, but, but just this whole thing about it's a good instruction on the Sabbath to say that's the wrong way. That's the carnal way to interpret it. And look how cruel it is. And look how harsh it is. That poor guy got killed for carrying some sticks. You know, and, and, and then now we see. So why are not- you in heaven? I picked up <laughs> sticks. <laughs> let, let me say, by the way, as, as a musician, that I've been stoned on more than one Sabbath in my history. I just did to make that clear. But <laughs> he just got that. B.B. King, B.B. King said about Stevie Ray Vaughan, he said, Stevie's licks come right out of his soul to his fingertips. They don't go through his head. He said, wow. most people can't do that. As a matter of fact, he said, I can't do that. I can tell you that, that you can get in a place playing music where time no longer exists. I've, I've had times when I'd pick up a guitar and start playing, just sitting and playing and have a conversation with somebody that made total sense to them. And I don't remember the conversation. You just get <laughs> lost in it. And, and, and I can tell you that, that in writing, and I, I didn't write for, for decades of playing before I could, I could get tunes and melodies and words that rhyme, but they weren't songs, you know? And when I actually started getting them, uh, uh, I got on a, I got on a frequency for about seven years that I'd hear something and I not only would write the song, but I'd make notes on what I was thinking when I wrote it. Mm. And I go back now and look at those notes and what I was thinking when I wrote it is still valid, but I now see layers and layers and layers of additional truth in those lyrics that I know I wasn't consciously thinking when I wrote them. Mm -hmm. That's the power of the frequency. That's the musical overtones. That's, that's the ripples that go all the way out to the shore. Absolutely. And, 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 and when we, when we, when we become willing, and that's what you're talking about in your weight loss, Richard, I, I, by the way, did a great big weight loss about 10 years ago too. I know what you're talking about. I didn't do it. I didn't do it from the perspective you did. I wish I had, uh, but, but, but when we get there, when we're willing to get there, the eyes of the Lord are, to and fro out the earth looking for guys that want to get on the frequency guys and 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 as we will as as we make ourselves available as we tune in as as we turn on our ear to hear it's going to come and it's going to come in a way that eyes not seen and ears not heard yet it's not entered into our heart but it's there it's there and that's not a funeral scripture by the way that's a today scripture works Amen. great in a funeral but it's but it's a today scripture <laughs> and so the, the 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 sabbath remember the sabbath to keep it holy is hear me yes step back step back let virtue flow from me to you and that's every day every all the time let it go straight from your soul to your fingertips not even bothering to go through your head mm-hmm. That's when, that's when the, the, the great, whatever it is, whether it's the great argument in, in defense in a courtroom or the great sermon at a funeral or the great conversation with the, with the receptionist at the doctor's office or, or the customer service person at the car dealership, that's when it happens. And I, I get to hear it a lot. 
Uh, I'm not saying I've arrived, but I'm at a, at a place in my life where I'm not running at 100 miles an hour anymore. With my hair on, you know, mock three with my hair on fire is how I used to go. And I'm not there anymore. And, and I'm starting to notice that it's allowing me to do those things. And I'm far from perfecting it. Don't get me wrong. But I'm seeing, I'm seeing a little bit of it. Can, can and, I come, and I, can I come yeah, back it, to this in the next half? Yeah. Because um, I want to I capture something you said about the lyrics. And yeah. how the music flowed through. Let's so can we just wrap that up? Because um, we there's I think this we're just going to continue this conversation for the for the following week. But we're going to wrap up this one right now, if that's okay with you guys. Do sure. we need to change shirts or anything? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We're, we're not. All right, all right, we're good. I still got to make sure. It's all good. Okay, folks, uh, we're going to continue this. So when you hear this, we're going to finish this next week and I'll talk about it when I go live next uh, next week on that. But thanks for this first half of the conversation. Uh, there's more coming. Here we go. <laughs> Wow. So what does Sabbath mean? I love what Bob said there towards the end. He said, Sabbath means hear me. There's something about being contemplative. There's something about meditation, something about uh, a term that I've heard more and more is called mindfulness, which I think is a really good word. Um, Because I know some, some Christians don't like the word meditation because they're afraid it sounds too much like Eastern mysticism, and yet Eastern mysticism isn't our enemy. Um, there's great value in thinking through some of that. Yeah, being still, Robert says from Windsor. Being still. We, we, <laughs> Sabbath isn't going to church. <clears throat> Sabbath isn't don't work. I remember on Sunday afternoons, we always had to take a nap as a family. Like, like we went downstairs to our rooms, and Mom and Dad went upstairs. I would sneak out and watch TV. I'd have to, you know, walk along the wall so they couldn't hear my feet creaking, go over the TV, turn to the lowest volume and, and watch. And once in a while I get caught. But anyway, I wouldn't do that resting thing very well. <laughs> oh, crazy, crazy. It's um, a Sabbath. Yeah, it's a person. It's Jesus. Jesus is our Sabbath. Now, part two of this conversation is phenomenal. You'll, you'll love it next week. So stay tuned for next week. Thank you for those that were watching already. Uh, hello, Stevenson there. I, where are you watching from? I'm curious. I haven't seen your name before. Um, but we're looking forward to it. And by the way, the links will be below if you want to contact Bob or Richard or even Bill Thrasher. There are links below to see um, uh, where you can access their info. So we'll catch you next Wednesday morning, same time, part two. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Thanks for being part of this today. See you next time. Join me next time on Still Growing in Grace for more good news. Enjoy previous episodes by downloading our podcast at growingingrace.ca. You can also visit hopefellowshipycc.com to find our service times and location. If this show has been an encouragement to you, please consider making a donation today at growingingrace.ca and help us keep spreading this good news. Thank you again for tuning in to Still Growing in Grace.